Let us pray. Great creating spirit, open our ears to hear the wonders of the universe. Open our eyes to see the beauty of the earth. Open our hearts to receive the wisdom of your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who holds all things together in heaven and earth. Amen. Today's psalm reading is going to be Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And today's gospel reading is from John 14, 23 through 29. Jesus answered them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so, so that when it does take place, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. We are nearing the end of Easter, and I know that all of the peeps are eaten. I hope they are. If you are one of those people in the stale peeps camp, I cannot help you. I did find some Easter eggs in the back of the fridge the other day, but it has been long enough since Easter Sunday that I was surprised to find we still had Easter eggs in the fridge. And it's strange to think that as we get so near to the beginning of summer, it is still Easter. It's one of the things that makes me sad about the loss of the church calendar in so many contexts. We miss out on entire seasons of celebration. We have 40 days of Easter. It's as long as Lent. It is longer than Advent and Christmas combined. Next week, we will celebrate the Ascension. Technically, Ascension Day is Thursday, but many churches now observe it on the last Sunday of Easter rather than holding a midweek service. 
The following week, June 9th, will be Pentecost. Now, I like to go all out for Pentecost, as many of you know, because we don't get a ton of Holy Spirity scripture and liturgy in the lectionary, and we Presbyterians can be a bit wary of too much Holy Spirit. The Spirit is unpredictable and might do things that the committee has not yet approved. Not only that, we don't have a good, solid, this is what the Holy Spirit is and does definition in scripture. Is the Holy Spirit what makes those charismatic people put their hands in the air? Will the Holy Spirit make the preacher preach too long? Does the Holy Spirit give us words to pray with when someone asks us to pray out loud? One of the podcasts I listen to each week is called Lectionary Lab, and one of the hosts this week said this about the Spirit. The Spirit will lead you somewhere you don't want to go, because if you wanted to go there, the Spirit would not be necessary. That is both a terrible and humbling and wonderful thought, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is hard to pin down. The Spirit is elusive. The Spirit is described as a dove, as fire, as wind, as a guide, as so many different things. So imagine being one of the disciples who have been following Jesus for a few years now, and suddenly Jesus announces that he's headed out. Jesus is leaving. The disciples have not yet seen him do what they thought the Messiah was supposed to do, overthrow a corrupt and oppressive government. And here he is saying he's headed out now. They've been studying under Jesus. They've been helping him spread the word. But they are not feeling ready to head out without him just yet. Earlier in their time together, Jesus had sent them out to various towns to spread the good news, but they weren't sent far, and Jesus was still waiting for them when they got back. This would be different. He would be gone for good. And Jesus says he's not leaving them alone. He's leaving them with this mysterious helper, this spirit. At least when we talk about the Holy Spirit today, we have the Pentecost story to look back on. The disciples didn't even have that yet. Great, thanks Jesus, a spirit. That'll help. They're left wondering what good this elusive, mysterious spirit will be when what they've really been seeking is freedom from oppressors. So Jesus says, look guys, you'll get your peace. The Spirit is going to be here to help show the way to it, but it's not the peace you're thinking of. This is a peace that will change you. It's important to remember that when John is writing this gospel, he is reflecting on his time with Jesus, but he's doing it based on his current context. And John is almost certainly the newest of the four gospels. It was written the longest after the events of Jesus' ministry. So this means two things. First, John has had a great deal of time to think through everything that happened. And that's part of the reason that John tends to be more theological. He has more asides and more places where he describes, and that meant this. He's also more ready to help us interpret things than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who were doing more recording of um, the events rather than reflection. 
And John is also writing out of a, a much changed situation. A lot had gone on during those first years. The other three gospels are written as the early church is created, whereas John is writing from the context of that church that has been created. So at the time that this gospel was written, the early church was in a place where the way they used to worship could not be the way they continued to move forward. They were transitioning from being a Jewish sect that worshipped in the synagogue to being their own separate thing. And there were some seriously dramatic growing pains that went along with that. The world around them was changing dramatically, and they were trying to figure out what it meant to be church in the midst of all that change. Does that sound familiar? The old ideas of peace and love and how to be a Christian community needed to change for John's church, just as they do for the church today. So the hope that John is offering that very early church is the reminder that Jesus promised the Spirit will guide them in these times of change and confusion and disconnect. It, it does kind of seem like a mean trick in those times of confusion and change to leave us with a confusing, ever-changing guide. I remember the first time I dropped off each of my kids for their first day of preschool. Alex cried and clung to my leg. I thought I was going to need a crowbar to pry her off of me. Gloria was very matter-of-fact. She adjusted her backpack straps and just told me she'd see me after her first day of big kid school. <laughs> Levi almost cried, but Levi's teacher in preschool and kindergarten was magnificent. She was magical, and she could just see it in his eyes that he was ready to lose it. And so she was quick to sweep him away and help him find some fun kids and interesting learning tools to go engage with. She was a great teacher. Miss, Miss L was his preschool and kindergarten teacher. They went to Montessori school where they have the same teacher for two to three years. And she was a little bit wacky. If you think about grade school teachers from like any kid's book you read in elementary school, that was her, right? Um, you were never quite sure what to expect from her. And that's exactly why we loved her so much. She would line the kids up by having them recite the presidents in order. These were three, four, and five-year-olds, mind you. She had reciting the presidents to line up. They didn't celebrate birthdays. They celebrated trips around the sun. That must be why that was fresh on my mind this morning when I uh, celebrated with you all. And sometimes when I reflect on what the Holy Spirit is like, I picture a quirky, unexpected, unconventional teacher like Levi's preschool teacher. A loving, unpredictable, wacky someone who knows us and is there to teach us how to be out on our own, to usher us through that difficult time of learning. You always wonder when you take your kids to school for the first time. There's so many unknowns. Or when you put them on the bus for the first time. When you leave them home alone for the first time. When you let them use the oven for the first time. When you help them move out on their own. Are they ready? Like, really ready? But there's usually someone there to help guide them. If you're lucky, they'll have really great guides like Ms. L. And then you realize that you don't have to drive them to and from school every day now because they can take the school bus. 
You realize that you can go out to dinner without them and they will be just fine. They might eat frozen pizzas with little actual nutritional value, but in the long run, no major harm done. You realize that they're an adult who has learned everything you're able to teach them at home. Our 10-year-old can make himself dinner now, but he still comes in to give us each a hug every night before he goes to bed. Our 13-year-old takes the bus across town every Tuesday for her cello lesson, but she still needs us to help guide her days as she builds her independence. And she also still needs us to pay for those cello lessons. There are still times that our grown-up kids call home with questions about how long yogurt stays safe in the fridge and how much does it cost to eat a cat neutered. There are still times they come home and eat all the food and drink all the milk and can they run a load of laundry while they're at it. There are times I still hear my own mother in my head. And there are still times I call my mom to ask her something or to vent or to cry about something. She's in Tennessee, but she's not really gone. Actually, she's in Italy right now, but that's the exception. And even in Italy, I can still talk to her. I texted with her this morning. We're never really leaving them alone. Not really. And just as we go through different stages and find ourselves in different seasons of life as we grow up in our physical life and as we guide those who have been entrusted to us, that is true of spiritual life and of community life as well. To think that a church should look the same today as it did in 1985 or 1965 or 1895 is right up there with thinking that a 45-year-old adult should be in exactly the same life circumstances as they were when they were 15. That's not healthy. To think that our spiritual life, our relationship with God, should not have changed at all in 10 or 20 or 40 years is the same as expecting a ninth grader and a fourth grader to have the same level of independence from their parents. Yes, it is hard to grow up and to try to figure out the world out there. And sure, the Holy Spirit is a bit unconventional and unpredictable and hard to pin down, There are absolutely times where we will feel like God has abandoned us or given up on us. As we wind down Easter, the celebration of what makes it possible that we can become new, and we move through Ascension, the celebration of Jesus' departure from this plane of existence and of his kingship in heaven, and prepare for Pentecost, the celebration of the spirit of Uh, The celebration of the Spirit of God that God gives us to guide and teach us in that process of becoming new. Let us remember that God, our Creator, and our loving Parent, has not left us alone. Not really. Sure, Jesus is no longer physically walking the earth as a part of our time and space, like he did 2,000 years ago. And sure, God isn't walking in the garden with us, like we read about in Genesis 3. But the Spirit is still here. Like our mother's voice in our head or on the other end of the phone, the Spirit is there to assure us we are not alone. We have the tools that we need. Like the teacher guiding us into how to be ourselves when our parents are at work, the Spirit is there to teach us the ways of peace and love and to help us grow into something beautiful and something new.